0: It was during worship. Um, I was speaking with the Lord, and I had this overwhelming feeling that that's what it was like in the upper room before Pentecost. That the hunger that they had was what we're experiencing, what we're going after. And in worship and I, I know the worship wasn't online, but but there is a feeling of expectation without even understanding what that means. See, the 120 that were in the upper room then, they knew the promise of God. Jesus said, when I leave, trust me, you want me to leave, because when I leave, the Father will send the Comforter. They knew the promise, but they had no idea what that meant. See, we're in the same boat. We do know the Holy Spirit because we saw that in the Word of God. We've certainly experienced him and seen his work and seen him in our own personal relationships with Christ. But see, God has said something else that puts us on the same playing field as the 120 back then. Because he said, I'm doing something new. We won't know what that is. Just like the disciples back then, we can have conjecture, we can have guesses. We can have even what our heart makes us feel. But to know what it means completely, this thing that we call the falling of the Holy Spirit, in reality, that's not what it is. And we know that. We've talked about this. What God is doing in this new thing is his power through his Holy Spirit, but we don't know exactly what that means. But we know his promises. We know what he has promised in his word. We know what he has told us personally in the manifestation of what he is about to do. And I'm not talking about in the country or globally. I mean, obviously that's all part of it and that's where it manifests. I'm talking in us, in our personal relationship with him, because I'll guarantee you that back in the when the Church of Acts was just beginning, I'll guarantee that on their minds were all the political things going on, just like they're on our minds today. But I'll also guarantee you what was on their heart was the promise. Because of what it meant for them personally. Because they had just experienced three years with Jesus. And they literally lost if you will that physical relationship so you can imagine how they were feeling see we've never had that ours has been in the spirit jesus is not here physically amongst us even though he comes in the spirit even though and that's different by the way than his holy spirit because his holy spirit is with us always But imagine them. They had this physical relationship where for three years, over three years, they had walked with him. They had seen his miracles. They had learned right from the mouth of the Son of God. And then, again in their mind, they lost it. They lost that relationship. But yet, believed in what God said. That it wasn't just going to be a loss. Of that relationship, but literally the physicality of Jesus had to go, had to ascend to heaven for God to move forward with this grand mystery that we have seen unfold. So, see, the same, I don't know the word, angst, whatever you want to call it, the same feelings that they had back then, we have now, but for different reasons. We're both looking at the unknown. We're both required. Both groups are required to believe by faith in what God's doing. Not to lay claim over anything. That's that's not why we do this here. In fact, if it weren't for the Lord, we wouldn't even be online. Because there is no desire in our hearts to lay claim to anything That God does not want us to have. So it's not about claim. It's about intimacy. It's about knowing Him. If I could spend the rest of my life only in His presence. Only speaking with Him. Only in the times like what we just had in worship. Oh, man, I would be satisfied. But yet that's not our calling. Our calling is to be in that place and then be used by God. Because, see, it's not about us. It wasn't about those 120. It's about helping people recognize who Jesus is. Helping them recognize that Not only is he the Savior, not only is he the Messiah, the Savior of this world, but he also has his hands out to become a friend. To have this intimacy of relationship with him, it's just, it's extraordinary. And... We find ourselves in such a huge calling because this world is pretty screwed up. This nation is pretty screwed up. And I'm not talking about that law, this, or people aren't following that, or, you know, this banner is this, that banner is that. I'm talking about this nation, for the most part whether they know Jesus as Savior or not, they do not know Him as Lord. They don't. They don't know Him as Lord. They don't know Him in relationship. Because if they did, they wouldn't do what they do. See, this nation and the world, for that matter, has a real skewed idea of what love is. Everything, see, I was born in the 60s, right? That was the decade of love, right? Where everything became about love. I don't know that it began then, might have began way before then, but at least then, this nation and the world for that matter started to grow this skewed, eye, this skewed idea of what love is. Love is what makes you feel good. Follow your heart. You know what? That is great advice if your heart is God's. <laughs> but if it's not, that's lousy advice. To follow your heart. Follow your feelings. Follow your emotion. Oh, my goodness. Everybody in here knows somebody who, who has done that in their lifetime. How'd that work out for them? Not so good. They're like that man in James that's tossed by the wind to and fro. Believes one thing one minute, believes another thing another minute. And rest assured, it does come down to the foundation of one thing, period. Understanding what real love is. There is only one true love. And that is from the author of love. That is Jesus Christ. And what is love? See, the world would tell you today that love looks a lot more like tolerance. Love looks a lot more like making somebody feel better. Even in the churches. Even in the churches. And the Word of God said this, that, that in the latter days they will want their ears to be tickled. Because they just want to feel good. Because to them that's love. That's love language. Right? The earth's love language is me, me, me. You know how we get love languages? My, my wife's love language is... Receiving and giving gifts. What is mine? Is it food? <laughs> I think my love language is really good food. Ribeye steak, Lone Star. Do you love meat? No, I'm kidding. But the what did I say? Oh yeah, Lone Star. Wow, that was 20 years ago. Longhorn. Yes, thank you. But the reality is, the love language is a single language. It may manifest in our lives different ways, but it is the true love of Jesus Christ. It's not tolerance, but sometimes it can be. See, it has to start from a pure place. Because if it doesn't, then it gets skewed and gets to the point where it's recognized as what it is today in our country, which is so incredibly off base. You know what? Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Let's look at what love is. This is packed right in the middle. Paul's writing, put this chapter right in the middle of... The gifts, which the manifestational gifts are in chapter 12, and then how to operate in those gifts, chapter 14. He put this right in the middle of it. And he explained that if you don't understand this, nothing that he said before in chapter 12, nothing that he says later in chapter 14, will make any sense. It won't hold any bearing. So let's read, chapter 13, verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. In other words, I'm just making noise. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to move mountains and have not love, I am nothing if I give away all that I had and if I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. Paul very succinctly here is saying without love you have nothing. Now he goes on to explain what love is. Recognizing that the truest love only comes from Jesus Christ, but verse 4 he said, Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. Now, by the way, these verses are used in so many ways against each other. Let me give you an example. That was the rudest thing anybody has ever said to me. I have bad breath? Come on. That's just rude. That's not love. That's rude. I'm offended. Which I don't, by the way, do I? Do I? <laughs>
1: Okay, but I could be offended in...
0: Is it rising up to the balcony? Throw me down in search. There you go. Um, But I could be offended in that and say, that's not love, that's rude. And it says, love is not rude. But understand that I am now judging that on my own feelings. On my own... Benchmark of what I think rudeness is. And how do I know that? Because of what he says next. Doesn't rejoice in wrongdoing, but it rejoices with truth. Rejoices with truth. Love is truth. What is truth? Truth is the word of God. What is the word? Jesus Christ. See, truth is Jesus Christ. It is who he is. He is pure truth. He is pure love. So whether I have that breath or not, the truth of it may be that I I have that breath. And and, and maybe that's such a silly example. Let me use a better example. This is going to hurt. Probably get me in trouble. Get ready to be hated. But somebody asked me this question recently. Actually, a few people have asked me this same question recently. And what about homosexuality? See, if... If God loves the sinner, but hates the sin, what does that look like? How how do you love the sinner and hate the sin? See, if you ask the world, the world would say it manifests in tolerance. It manifests in acceptance. It manifests in inclusion. See, it should never be about inclusion or exclusion. Love is truth. Love is truth. Let's take it out of the the human realm for a second. And, And I know those who don't believe in God, this won't make any sense to them anyways. But for those who know Jesus Christ as Savior, those who know that there is And after life, those who know that there is a heaven, there is a hell, there is payment for sin. Those who know that, let's look at that scope for a second. If you know a person who by their sin is so blinded to the truth so blinded that it hurts them because of what the Bible says. They may not feel that hurt here, but we know that they will feel that hurt when it is called for judgment. We know that. So what would true love do? True love would speak truth. Not, you know, let's just be tolerant and, and let's say it's okay and God, you know, somehow God changed and, and it's okay now because we need to include everybody for the sake of them being saved. For the sake of getting the gospel out there. Guess what? You cannot separate the gospel. The gospel is not just salvation. The gospel is truth. The gospel is relationship with Him. And you cannot be in relationship with Jesus Christ when you have a sin in your life that blocks that relationship. You just can't. So if I love somebody who doesn't see that, I want to speak truth to them. Because... Truth sets you free. Now the problem with much of the church in that way is they do it in a form of judgment. And i got to tell you, that's a difficult thing to even figure out. Because there's a fine line. But I can tell you that in in the process of showing somebody truth, it's not just truth that is love. It is truly caring for that person, truly loving that person. Where has the church been in love? All we've seen is tolerance. All we've seen in the grand church is compromise. That doesn't help this world. That doesn't help people. Look at the state that we're in now. I mean, growing up, I never in a million years would have thought that I would be alive to see America As it is right now. I mean, think about it. You and I, being conservatives, we're now being targeted. We're now being targeted to cancel us. And that's okay. Because, see, if you look through the lens of love, you'll see that it isn't AOC doing that what's behind her. You'll see it's not Nancy Pelosi doing that. It's what's behind her. There is a great deception that has come on this land, and for that matter the world, that has brought them to such a place of not believing who God is. And that He is in control. That's why we're at where we're at. That's why he is about to do what he is about to do. And by the way, for the record, what is today's date? The 17th. 17th, Nothing's changed. Nothing has changed from what the Lord has told us. Nothing. I don't know how he's going to do it. But Donald Trump will still be president. Not because he's Messiah. (laughs) He's the furthest thing. He is being used by God to bring a fracture. In essence, he's done his job. And so has everybody else that God had called to bring that fracture. The fracture is there. But now what you will see is God's hand. I don't know how. He's given me visions, but I can't say that they make complete sense in terms of putting them into a timeline or anything else, and I'm not released to release them anyways. All I do know is it will be God. There is nothing, (laughs) there is nothing that can stop what has begun. What God has begun, nothing will stop it. He has said it. And he has not changed what he has said to us. And by the way, not just to us, but to so many others. He's not changed that. it, It breaks my heart. Those who call themselves prophets and now go back on what he told them. Saying, well, maybe he didn't really say that. Or I was wrong." Yeah, maybe they were. Maybe they just said that he said it so they could be part of a group that he was speaking to. I don't know. I do know this, that just like I am, they're accountable for their words. They're accountable for their heart before God. And I am thankful for those that have stood and have taken such a beating i don't know veronica west but my heart i feel my heart is intertwined with her ministry and she has said it best when she said i can only speak what the lord tells me to speak If it looks opposite, that's his problem, not mine. And that's the truth. I don't know how God will do it. I don't know when he'll do it. I just know what he has said. Donald Trump will have four more years. They will be consecutive. And in that time, he will have three years of war. We will be at war. Not just in the spirit. We've been at war in the spirit for a long time. (laughs) Love bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. By the way, the believes all things there. It's referring to what God says. You know, the greatest heartbreak to me is people that know the Word of God have learned it or taught it even their whole life. And yet we find when it comes down to choice, they really don't believe what they read. They read it more like a story. They read it more like what... God used to do. And it's just to give us some guidelines to our life because there's great principles in there. But yet they teach that it's living and it's breathing. See, if it's living and it's breathing, can we not just believe that? Let me give you an example because the Lord took me to another passage This week, and he took me to a passage and said, This is where America is right now. I want you to go to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 59, and I'm going to begin reading at verse 14. Isaiah 59, verse 14. This is a picture of what he told me America is right now. And and for that matter, the world, because as America goes, so does the world. Justice is turned back and righteousness stands far away. For the truth has stumbled in the public squares. And uprightness cannot enter. Truth is lacking. And he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. Wow, doesn't that define the sold out Christian right now? We are quickly seeing that this world is not our home. It can't be because they're taking it away. Everything that we knew and had confidence in is being shaken that is not God. Why? Because truth has been taken out of the public square. Truth is no longer a part of what runs this country. This is where we're at right now. We are compromised. Broke my heart. And I mentioned this last week that at the opening of the 117th Congress, the man who prayed, prayed to all gods. That's disgusting. You know, and all my Christian friends, and be offended all you want, all my Christian friends that are offended By what happened at the Capitol? How about be offended by what was prayed to dedicate the Capitol? That's offensive. You know what else is offensive? The 60 million babies that have been slaughtered. Slaughtered. In this war. Be offended for that. I see you so offended. Man, I'm not talking about the world. The world, they can be offended all they want because they don't know the truth. But you do. You know the truth. Be offended for that. I don't condone what happened at the Capitol. And I was there. I didn't go in. But you know what? I don't condone what America has become. I don't condone what America has been. I do not condone what America has given themselves to in other gods. I don't condone it. I will lay down my life for it. To fight against it. The Lord said he is coming with his strong hand. What you are about to see will be him. What you are about to see in the coming months and years will be him. You will see what it means to be before a God of justice, a God of righteousness, a God that his whole intent is to replace truth in the public square. Second part of verse 15 says, The Lord saw it. Remember this picture of where we're at. The Lord saw it and it displeased him, and there was no justice. He saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no one to intercede. Then his own arm brought him salvation, and his righteousness upheld him. He put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself in zeal as a cloak. And as I continue reading here, for those of you Bible scholars that That are just immediately thinking this is the afterlife and the judgment. You're wrong. You couldn't be more wrong. And you may not believe it, but you will see it. Because verse 18, according to their deeds, so will he repay. Wrath to his adversaries. Repayment to his enemies. To the coastland he will render repayment. So they shall fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. For he will come like a rushing stream which the wind of the Lord drives. And a redeemer will come to Zion. To those in Jacob who turn from transgression, declares the Lord. The Lord is bringing his hand. And the thing that I want to encourage you Is that He is love. He is truth. (coughs) There is not a soul on this earth that He did not give His Son for. Not a soul. He loves you very much. And to begin relationship with Him. Begins with repentance. If you have not asked Jesus into your heart. That's the beginning of relationship. Recognizing that you need a savior. Asking him into your heart. But when all this starts to go down. People are going to watch this video. Looking for truth. Looking for I want to encourage you. Just tell Jesus you love him. Ask forgiveness for anything. Just like David did. Anything that you may not even be aware of that comes between you and him in relationship. You'll be surprised what comes between. Because relationship with him is a process. Salvation is not. When you accept Jesus Christ into your heart, you are saved immediately. But relationship with him is built. Just as trust is built. Faith is built. And it begins with just saying, Lord, you've got to show me you've got to show me what I'm holding on to that is not you. There's so much hope in that. There's ultimate hope in that. Because what he is about to do is filled with hope. What he is about to do is bringing his children into deeper relationship with him. Let's come on up.
1: Before we pray if you could pull the verses up again on the screen from 1 Corinthians 13 and by raise of a hand if i could borrow someone's first name Shannon all right the one thing i wanted to highlight before we pray because this is just such a critically important subject this love oh that we would know that how loved we are first of all and that we would really recognize the truth of that because that would help us to um, love one another in a way that really wouldn't have gotten us into this mess. Um, but if you um, go to the the, the verse, um, uh, the first verse of Love Is, and I don't have what, what number that verse that is yet, I want you to just personalize this for yourself and do a deep dive this week and say it out loud with your own name. Okay? Shannon is patient and kind. Shannon does not envy or boast. She is not arrogant. Shannon is not rude. She does not insist on her own way. She is not irritable or resentful. Shannon does not rejoice at wrongdoing but rejoices with the truth. Shannon loves, uh, excuse me, Shannon bears all things, she believes all things, hopes all things, and she endures all things. Shannon never gives up, ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. And go to the, to the end, Another little bit further. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. Can you say your own name in what love is and what love does? It's very jarring the first time that I learned that. And I thought, wow, can that be said of me? If every believer could actually, being Holy Spirit-filled, have that be said of them, there would be already unity in the bride. Wow. It would be amazing. And that's just what the Lord needs us to understand because packed in there is also his holiness and his judgment. And because he loves us so much, there is a discipline being released upon the earth and upon this nation that we have to recognize when we begin to feel Many of us can feel it in the spirit already, um, but when we when we feel it in the human realm, the shaking that comes, we need to recognize that this is the love of God in His holiness being released because He desperately needs His people to let go of the things that are under the Prince of the power of this air, and to look to Him, the Author and the Finisher. And by the way, He is a Finisher of our faith he will complete and finish what he started and these aren't the very this isn't the very very end this isn't the heading of the tribulation which often people get mistaken this is the foreshadowing but he is showing us He is bringing his bride to a flourishing finish so that he can bring us home and so um, if you if when you give yourself that little test and put your name in front of each of those pieces of what love is, ask the God to strengthen you where you may fall short. Um, maybe just in the patient and kind. you got to kind of start there. But um, but do that, and he'll show you. Because He does, he just wants to transform us. So let's pray. Father, thank you, God, for this word this morning. Thank you, Lord, that... Even though we are in these perilous times, these last days, God, you give us strength by your love to overcome. God, you have, I love your word that just says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. It's, it's like, wake up and, and see, behold it. Look upon it. It is so amazing the manner of love that I poured out. For God, you so loved the world that you sent your only begotten Son. So that whoever will believe on him with their free will, because he won't overstep that, they will not perish, but have everlasting life. God, these simple verses of the gospel... That means so much more than a ticket to heaven. They mean an ongoing relationship of communication and fulfillment and victory and abundance. God, I just pray that over every believer. God, that you would open our eyes to see that we are loved. And then to see what that manifest love in us and through us looks like to the body of Christ and to the world. I just pray an awakening, God. This great awakening, God, of your love. No wonder you gave the remnant ignition, the love shield, because Satan knows nothing of love. It is the embodiment of you. So God, as we desire to be vessels through which you can move, Love has got to be the key factor in everything we do, everything we say, that we might live and move and have our being in love because it is in Christ. So I just pray these things, God, and that you would let us hold strong, hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering in this shaking, this time of a shaking, God where we may experience the very shaking of the earth in ways we have never felt before, God. But as we are anchored on you, as we seek the kingdom of God first, and your righteousness, standing upon your love, God, you will add and give everything that is needed. God, I just pray and declare these words. I pray agreement with the word released through Greg this morning. And I ask that you do your will, God. Do your will on this earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: We're off, right? Okay. I finished early...